0: off and running here on another edition of the final score podcast welcome in everyone greg swachek of the frederick news coast sports department here with you holiday season is closing in uh that means holiday basketball tournaments and uh holiday tournaments in general lots of wrestling and uh swimming events going on as well winter season underway a, a couple of weeks in uh john cannon uh is here with me and in uh, just a couple of minutes john will have uh Tony Murray, uh, the uh, Frederick High girls basketball coach. This is his first full season on the job. Uh, He he was hired in uh, the summer of 2020, uh, a couple months into the pandemic. And uh, they thought they would have more of a season last year, but only got a couple weeks in. Uh, So we'll talk to Coach Murray about his team this year, uh, off to a 2-0 start. And his impressions of the job and just, just his background um, in, in basketball, uh, here in Frederick County. So we look forward to, uh, talking to, um, coach Murray in, uh, just a couple of minutes here, but John, uh, like, like we were talking about winter seasons underway and, um, what are your, uh, early impressions? Um, um girls basketball, Frederick, uh, seems, seems very strong. Mm-hmm. I, I saw them play and beat Tuscarora. Uh, you're going to get a Great defensive effort from them on, on most nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be a contender, but I, I, I know you like uh, Ur- Urbana's girls' basketball team, too.
1: Yeah, I still, th- and I've only, granted, I've only seen a couple games, but Urbana's one of them, and I think uh, if a team is better than them, a county team, uh, they're going to be a heck of a team because Urbana's pretty good. Uh, I did see Catoctin last week against Oakdale. Um, uh, Oakdale traditionally a power. Catoctin always a, a really good program, too, uh, even especially in 1A. And I think at Tockton, um, I and mean, if they stay healthy, they could actually make some noise in the playoffs. It's very early. But, I mean, you just look at what they have. And they have a good coach, and they, they have a nice team. I mean, remember two years ago, they went to the state quarterfinals with a lot of younger players, um, and they were good that year. And they've lost a couple players from that team, but they got a couple key ones back. So,
0: well, What do you like about Urbana? What, what struck you about Urbana?
1: Oh, wow, they just they had tons of talent. Um yeah, beyond their starting five, even their subs were excellent players, and the way they played, they played just an up-tempo type game. You mentioned Frederick. I mean, they play, Urbana played that in-your-face defense and, uh, and fast-paced offense, and they uh, that'd be actually a neat matchup. We'll have to look and see when they play.
0: Yeah, the, the thing that struck me about Frederick was they, they play tough defense, but they don't really foul. They only had four fouls mm-hmm. in the first half of their game against Tuscarora, so, so, so they could play tough, aggressive, Pressing defense, but without fouling you, which is a huge uh, a- asset. Mm-hmm. Now um, Frederick only has nine players uh, on, on the roster right now, so so maybe uh, Coach Murray is preaching that it's like, hey girls, we can't get in the foul trouble because <laughs> we, we we don't have many people on the bench uh, to, to put in the game if, if someone fouls out. So mm-hmm. Frederick has a small team, but 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 they defend uh, really well w- w- without fouling. So. So again, some of the better offensive teams. I I, I wonder how uh, how um, Frederick would match up. And uh, you, you mentioned Catoctin, too, and, and there's some rumblings that they could make an, a nice playoff run this year. But what, what struck you about their team really?
1: A uh, good, good sound team, uh, good defense. They uh, you know they they play. I mean Oakdale. Um, is, I say they're usually a power. Oakdale's very young right now, but they're still they're still a scrappy team. And get talked and got a good lead on them and fended them off at the end. There It was a good, good gutsy win for them, like a good December win. They have a lot of. Fundamental things are still they got to clean up, but um, I I think they will as time goes on.
0: Yeah, and a- Amy Antwistle, uh, she she's been there for for as long as I've been here, which is uh, fourteen <laughs> plus years. Yeah, she won a
1: state title in 06, I believe it was.
0: Yeah, right, yeah, right. So so uh, she's she's been in her job and and uh, doing a great job uh, uh, for a long time uh, up there at uh, Catoctin. On the boys' side, I I I saw Oakdale had a big win over uh, uh, T J on uh, Tuesday uh, of this week. Uh, they they seem to be their normal strong selves. But behind that, it, it's it's a little tougher to decipher because you had Walkersville uh, beat Frederick High in the season opener. Uh, you had Tuscarora with a big win over Middletown, and, and Tuscarora was two and zero. Oh, but then Frederick had had a big win over Tuscarora on on, on Tuesday this week. So. There seems to be some jockeying behind behind Oakdale for that top spot on on the boys side.
1: Well, they play Lingenor uh, one on Friday, who um, is off to a nice start, and then Urbana's out there. I believe they are three and zero. Um,
0: yeah, Ur- 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 Urbana in both basketballs really yeah. I, it could be could be a factor. <laughs> I mean, they they have been in seasons before, but but it's also been a few years since since they were a real factor mm-hmm. on, on the basketball scene. Um, and Ur- Urbana has a something some. some as a player that we have, haven't seen uh, much in our in our sports writing careers, but they have a seven foot high school player. I mean, it, right, <laughs> right. Uh, that, that, that that's pretty remarkable. And I guess you'll get a chance to see him uh, later this week.
1: Right. Yeah, and we could talk. And um, I'm sorry, his name escapes me at the moment, but um, well, I think we're gonna know it coming <laughs> <laughs> forward here. We'll talk about him next week. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interested uh, to get your uh, Im- Im- impressions on that. So. Uh, Jordan Addison has had a, had a hmm. remarkable week, um, uh, uh, a former Tuscarora football player now at the University of Pittsburgh, named the Blitnikoff Award winner, and uh, we've been running stories all, of the, <laughs> all this week on him, uh, uh, compiling these various All-American awards. Just, it, it, it's not often we see a, a a player at a football skill position come out of here and and, and do as well as Jordan did
1: well even um he, he's gotten all these first team all american honors actually today he got a he got the one second team out of the big 5 which was kind of odd but anyway still still he um he, he had four first team uh, all american honors including AP and Sporting News and I was thinking back Rob Havenstein I know did get a first team now I, I don't believe it was AP i forget which one he got right and uh, now he was a quote unquote not a skill position guy, but I'm trying to think of just other um, Frederick County products that got first team All-American honors. And uh, they're saying now Addison is going to be a consensus All-America because by the NCAA because he got you know four out of these five um, right first team and All-Americans. It's, like, you, it's like it's like you qualify uh, yeah. a- almost. It's amazing. So. Uh, and I guess the other.
0: I, I I guess troubling's the word for it, John. But um, but we're having another um, COVID uh, uh, uptick mm. here. I, I believe Howard County uh, schools uh, did they pause their activities or? So uh, they,
1: well, today's we're, we're we're talking on Thursday right now. I know they they canceled everything yesterday, which was Wednesday. Um, I don't know what they did today. And at the time they just said we're canceling. They didn't say anything about the future. But that was the first time I've heard about a county in Maryland doing that. Uh, just it was for the one light is what they said. At yeah, the time.
0: yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if we'll see something like that in Frederick County. Uh, um, uh, if, if things get,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, if the numbers get to the point where they might have
1: to think about, pa- at least pausing some games for, for, for a week or two. I would, I would hope the first step would be maybe, and again, th- you only do this if things get really bad. Maybe first you take stop letting fans come in, but let the kids keep playing. Right. Um, you know, go by steps maybe, and then, and just see where you are. But, well. That's yeah,
0: b- because during last basketball season everyone had to wear a mask. That, that that that's not the case this year for the players. Right. Uh I I think I think the coaches and the people on the bench and and and, and all the spectators have to wear a mask, but mm-hmm. but uh this season uh for players you, you don't have to wear the mask. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, let's hope we hang on here and, and can get through this. I, I I believe they're on the verge of uh, approving a, a pill that people could take at home that that works against this Omicron variant, and and that's being described as a game changer if pe- if people c- can just pop a pill, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and be able to treat it. Yeah, it's a Pfizer pill. Uh, they're they're also touting the booster shots uh, too, saying the booster shots are. Uh, Provide some pretty good perfect, uh, protection against this uh, variant. So, hopefully, we could hang on and not have any any real pauses and shutdowns uh, in pro sports. Uh, there's <laughs> the NFL is, is reported more positive tests than at any point during the pandemic this week. NBA teams are are, are getting ravaged uh, w- 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 with mm-hmm. cases and, and and having to pause in the NHL too. So, so here we are another winner, even with. Uh, effective vaccines where we're, we're dealing with a real uptick in cases. So uh, hopefully we could um, hang on. But uh, John, thanks so much. And uh, I coached uh, Tony Murray on his way in, and we'll talk to him in just a second about his team at Frederick High Girls Basketball. Stay tuned, everyone. It is time to say hello to the head coach of the Frederick High Girls basketball team, uh, Tony Murray. Happy holidays, coach. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thank you, Greg. Happy holidays to you as well.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, Do you you guys still feel like the reigning state champs? Uh, No one's claimed the mantle from you guys uh, since you last won in 2019.
2: Well, it's funny. Um, It's twofold. One, I always say to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, and they haven't been beaten. But then also, I wasn't the coach then, so I kind of inherited a championship program um, but yeah, we, we feel like we have something to prove. We feel like we still have a standard, um, to live up to. We know it's going to take work. No one's handed a championship, but yeah, we're uh, right now. We're still the champs. <laughs> That's a
0: good way to look at it. I mean, the, the program has been through a lot on and off the court, um, as, as you took the reins, how did you look at the opportunity when you got it and, and how have you kept the, the train on the tracks and moving forward since? Yeah.
2: Um, It's funny, it was definitely unexpected. Um, At the time when things were changing with the program, I was an official, Ivo official here, and so I was officiating their games. Um, And I actually had done, I had officiated their next game after um, some of their roster changes. And so it was just interesting to see uh, the new dynamic of the program. I even officiated that CMC um, defeat against Middletown that year. So. Never at the time in my mind did I think that I was going to be the next coach of the program that I was officiating. Um, I had gotten to know the program a little bit. Um, I had My daughters were uh, playing for West Frederick Middle School, so I knew that they were going to feed into there. So in my mind, I had always thought that they were going to go there and play for the coach that was there at the time. Never did I really think that it would be me um, taking over the reins there. So, you know, getting the job, um, from what I understood, it was a highly sought-after job. There were several um, apl- applicants for it. Um, you know, taking a job over in the middle of COVID, didn't really know what to be expected.
0: Yeah, welcome to the job, and you have a two-week season here.
2: Exactly. We, we once COVID hit, um, we actually ran a outdoor uh, girls' league high school, J, um, high school and middle school. Um, outdoors in september and early october and we had about eight schools in the county um, participate just to kind of give the kids an activity to do because they had been sitting around since march Um, and so we were hopeful that we would have a season and then the county started that return to play process for winter sports so we started that in october so the girls were doing skill-based we couldn't go anything live no offense against defense it was solely skill-based from october um, and I believe we didn't start actually playing until January. So we spent a lot of weeks um, just skill development, skill development, skill development. And there were days where we couldn't meet because of COVID restrictions. And we were watching old game film on on, uh, on Google Meets. Um, so we watched a lot of film. We talked a lot of basketball. We studied a lot of basketball. I never thought that my first year taking over the helm that that's how it would be. So. For my staff and I, we kind of feel like this is truly our first, first year um, coming in. And, you know, just all the logistics of uh, finding someone to do your clock, um, someone to record your games because they're not live streamed, Uh, team meals, you know, pregame team meals, Uh, all the things that you couldn't do last year, uh, setting up scrimmages, finding opponents to scrimmage, just a lot of the organizational stuff outside of basketball, um, you just kind of forgot about. And so really learning on the fly. Um, My athletic director, she's amazing, Um, Coach Hammond, in giving us guidance and getting us ready and geared up for this year.
0: The the, the timeline is sort of fuzzy for me. When did you officially take over the job?
2: July of – I guess that would be last year, the COVID year.
0: Uh, July of uh, 2020. 2020. So, so the pandemic was well underway when you took yes. the job. What was going through your mind? I mean, we, we don't know when our next game is going to be. We don't know if there's going to be a season. I mean, there, there was a lot of uncertainty back then.
2: Yeah, and a lot of us coaches would talk amongst ourselves, even um, with our boys coach within our program and other coaches around the county. Um, there were differing opinions. Some thought we wouldn't play at all. Some thought we would get a season. I know originally the plan was, we would play, I think it was like an 11 game season and you'd play everyone in your division once. Um, and then the overall record, the, the top seed from each division would play each other for a de facto championship. So we thought we'd get at least 11. Um, and there was, I believe a preliminary schedule that came out and we thought that that's what we would get. Um, but with the numbers, the COVID rate continuing to rise throughout the county, that kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Um, And then at one point, they told us we would get four games um, in a two-week period. We played two and two. And right before those four games were supposed to to start, they gave Varsity six games. They added a third game on the Friday of each week, and JV didn't play. So JV had four games, and Varsity essentially had six. Um, So we were just, honestly, we were grateful to be able to play. Um, You know, the girls, again, just with doing so much in the return-to-play format from Mm October—
0: Your seniors especially.
2: Yeah. You know, I had And I had two seniors last year, two amazing seniors. Um, Rose Bubakar, who's at BYU, and then Raina Young, who's at um, one of the Penn State schools um, playing D3 ball right now. And so for them – and at the time, Rose had already committed. She knew where she was going. Raina hadn't made a decision. She didn't find a home yet. We were fortunate that even in playing in those six games and then they participated in the YMCA held a girls high school league um, in – around that same time that the uh, our two-week period for the county was happening, a coach was able to watch film from her playing in that brief period of time, really liked her, came out, saw her in person, and offered her, and she was able to find a home. So that was the biggest thing for me was my seniors of making sure that they were taken care of um, and that they had something to go out with to remember other than their state
1: semifinal. championship opportunity. Yeah.
2: Right, semifinal being taken away. Um, if we remember the timeline correctly, it was the day before they were to go to Towson is when it was pulled. Matter of fact, I think there were some teams in the county who were supposed to play that day. I think uh, Oakdale Boys were supposed to play that day when the pull when the plug was pulled. A-
0: had we made it? Had we made it like two or three more days? You, you, you guys, you guys might be the uh, the, the four time four time uh, 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 state champ. I
2: truly believe it that that group, even with the roster changes and coaching changes that they went through. Um, one thing I've learned about this program coming in is that those girls really stick together in a battle. Um, they had great leadership from within. Uh, Rose and Raina were phenomenal leaders, and they made sure that the legacy that they were leaving, that the girls to follow knew how to lead, which is why I'm fortunate that this year I've got great senior leadership from within.
0: Right. I mean, so there was, I was going to ask you, was there any value in that two weeks? But it sounds like there was. Yeah. For,
2: for my program, there definitely was a value. I might, you know, Raina finding a home was a huge thing for me coming in. Um, I had known Raina since she was playing middle school basketball. So to just know her and her family and how hard the kid worked, um, and not really have any opportunity to have a full senior year to, you know, go out and impress coaches, um, we were very fortunate that the games that we were able to get in were beneficial for her.
0: Right. Did did you feel pressure taking this job? Because I mean, you're taking over the the three time state champs.
2: Yes and no. Um, Yes, because I'm such a, I'm a fierce competitor. Um, I'm a very friendly person. I would say that uh, the coaches around the County, I have made um, some friends within them. Um, I had known most of them through being an official coach relationship um, they were all very warm and welcoming to me, reached out to me when I got the job. Um, but I'm also very competitive, and uh, I want to I win, and I want to win the right way, and I want my girls to learn um, and build a love for the game. Um, you know, seeing those banners on the wall when you come in doesn't really put a whole lot of pressure on me. Kind of in my coaching past, I've been fortunate enough that I was on – a boy staff at Springbrook High School in Montgomery County where we won three state championships in a row. Um, you know, in a three year span, we went 56 and three and we had an undefeated season in the middle. So I've been a part of championship programs before. Um, so I know what it is to have that bullseye on your back. Every time you walk into the gym, you know you're gonna get your opponent's best punch, um, but you've gotta be able to withstand that, that first punch and be able to throw more punches and, and land that knockout blow. And so that's kind of what I've tried to instill in these girls is for a lot of them, you didn't earn this bullseye that's on your back, but you have it because of the name across the front of your jersey. You,
0: you have two players that, that are connected to those state championship Correct. teams. Correct.
2: Uh, Asha Lissette and Brianna Pfeiffer. Um, you know, Asha is a four-year varsity player. Brianna's a kid that moved up as a freshman, and so she got some experience with that champ- with that last championship team. And so for them – um, getting that taste being on that big floor house, Towson uh, they understand what it is to compete at the highest level uh, as far as high school is concerned public school um, here in Frederick County and so for them it's been very important to not only lead in their word but lead by example because um, we have a pretty young team around them well m- mind you you may look at my roster and see six seniors but a lot of those seniors were not a part of the program or they were on JV some weren't even at the school yet Um, And then, you know, they've got two freshmen and a sophomore on varsity playing big minutes. As a matter of fact, a sophomore and a freshman start. Um, And we have one sophomore who's out injured who played last year in those six games. And so they've had to, you know, teach these girls really quickly what it is to, uh, you know, play Frederick girls basketball.
0: Yeah. Your competitive nature, you you want to take someone's head off, figuratively speaking, But you do it with a smile. You're a very pleasant guy, Coach Murray. Thank you. You you do it with a smile on your face. I mean, how does that dynamic work where you're a killer competitor,
2: but yet you're a very pleasant person to be around? A lot of internal thoughts. Uh, I I have learned to keep – I've learned what to say and what not to say. Um, Yes, I absolutely – when the ball goes up, I am a competitor, and I do want to take your head off. Um, As I teach my girls and I preach it, and I even said it last night in our game – because um, they got a little comfortable with the lead. Is, to me, the score like, is always 0-0, yeah. Yeah, zero, zero, and I want to win one nothing. Right. I want to get the next bucket, and you got to make sure that they don't score. Right. Um, so I'm never going to – I hope I can never be accused of trying to run the score up because, honestly, I don't look at the scoreboard. Um, a lot of times I have to go back to the book at the end of the night um, to know what the score is, whether it's to put the stats in or to report it to the paper, because I just don't know. Because um, I'm not looking at it, um, other than what's the time on the clock? Because we're playing to the very end. Well,
0: that end. and how do you? But how do you keep track of like situational basketball? Like we need to foul here. We don't. We need a three pointer here or a two pointer. How do you manage the game
2: situationally? Um, I will again peek at the score, but as far as looking at like point differentials, if you know if there's a a big margin, I'm not really looking at it that way because I always feel like. We have to continue to prepare for our next game. We've been fortunate that, I um, mean, the program has been fortunate. They haven't lost very many games in the in the county um, over the last several years. So it's it's kind of like a mindset of always preparing for your next game, right? You got to close this one out, and then you're preparing for the next. So even you know last night's game, we had a, a, pr- a fairly comfortable somewhat, I guess you would say, comfortable lead at halftime. Good
0: first half, not as good as second
2: half. Exactly. Second half, we played them exactly even. Um, and that's not the way that we should be playing. We should never play even with anyone. Um, I don't care if you win the, in the half by one, but you shouldn't play even. Um, and so, you know, hats off to Tuscarora. They never quit. You know, great coaching staff over there. Kevin Meredith, the first-year coach over there. Um, I know he's going to get that program right. He's got some good kids, some good talent, um, and, you know, Whatever he went in and spoke to them about at halftime, they came out and they made some adjustments and they competed. Uh, so now what I would go back now to my girls is understand that no one is going to lay down. You may get a lead um, and you've worked hard for it, but now you got to understand in the second half you've got to come out and work even harder because they're not going to give up. Um, and I love that. I love that this is a teaching moment for me to go back to my girls and say, look, yeah, you had a 21-point lead at halftime, but then you played even in the second half. Right? We got to put together four quarters of basketball.
0: All right. Do your girls, do they appreciate your competitive nature?
2: Yeah, we, we joke and laugh a lot. Um, there's a lot of things I'll tell them like, okay, this is off the record. <laughs> uh, this is what we're going into. Like you know, and again, a lot of my girls in, in the county have friends on these other teams um, that will play in the county, whether they be AAU teammates or other sports. And I say, listen, I know that's your friend in general. That's going to be your friend any time the next two hours. Um, And you better make sure that she has, she feels like she just played in the hardest game of her life and she won't ever forget it. After the game, you can hug her, you can do all of that. You guys can be friends, you can go out and eat and do whatever you want, but for that two hours, that is your competitor um, and you give everything you have.
0: Who's got the eye of the tiger on your team?
2: All nine. All nine? All nine. Uh, Honestly, I would go to battle with any of these nine. There were some that I think have learned it and developed. Some came in with it. Uh, You can see when we run certain competitive drills in practice, there are some girls that they're going to scrap and do whatever they got to do. They just don't want to lose. And it's not even that there are consequences. Because a lot of times, we'll do competitive drills or games in practice, and there is no consequence if you lose. right? Because I don't want you to feel like, because I didn't win, now it's the end of the world, and I'm being punished. but they just they just want to be able to say that I beat you. And to them, that means more than me punishing them and make them run. But if I had to single out a few, I'd probably first say Asha Lissette. Um, <laughs> Asha's just a competitor. Um, you know, She's an undersized forward. She's about 5'11", 6 feet. Um, but she's going to lead us in rebounds most nights. She's going to lead us in... Um, you know, being on the floor for loose balls. Last night, she let us in steals. Um, She's a kid that's going to step in there and try to take a charge. She's just going to be scrappy. Um, And then my point guard, um, sophomore Sydney Husky, is just, I mean, her nickname is Crash. She'll
0: she'll stick her nose in there. She
2: will go to the basket with zero regard for her body. Um, We call her a walking and one because we know that once she attacks the basket, she's She's probably going to finish the layup, um, and you know she struggled a little bit at the line last night. But in general, she's a, a solid free throw shooter. Um, so I, I, you know, but I think all the girls feed off of their energy and get excited when um, those girls are flying around and hitting the floor. Um, Jaquoia, Riddick, um, who this is truly really her first year playing in our program. She was at Tuscarora her first two years before moving, and so last year, you know, she had the six six COVID year games, uh, but I think that this is the year where she's finally truly grasped what we want to do offensively and defensively. She's such a phenomenal athlete. She's being recruited as a track athlete. Um, she She just knows how to play fast and play very athletic.
0: Can you make someone more competitive, or do you have to have it naturally already?
2: I think you have to have it, but you have to teach them that it's okay to let it out. I think... Today with our kids, a lot of kids are worried about what other people are going to think about them, whether it be social media or friends in the stands or in class, and getting them comfortable to know that it's okay to lay it all out. It's okay if you go for a steal and you miss. It's okay if you get crossed up, right? I want you to be so aggressive on the ball. There are going to be times where you get beat off. The, it's okay to get beat off the dribble. But are is your teammate willing to have your back and step in there and, and play help side? Um, which is why you saw we, we got a lot of steals last night. We are very aggressive because our girls don't play with the fear of making that mistake. My rule is this. If you're going to jump the passing lane to go get a steal, you better get the steal, right? But in the same vein, I want you to jump the passing lane. So they they know that they're not going to be penalized for – not coming up with the ball trying to make a defensive play. Yeah,
0: in in that light, wouldn't you rather have too much than not enough? Because Correct. you could always scale back. back right, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So so that makes it a lot easier when they're already playing playing with that right. that that sort of mindset. So what well, what in the world made you want to be in a referee, uh, coach Murray? It's
2: funny. So 15 years ago when I was coaching at um, at Springbrook, uh, our head coach Tom Crow, the great Tom Crow, um, he wanted someone on a staff that knew the referees. So he said, take the class so you'll learn the rule book and help him be a better coach, and then you can make a connection with these refs. And so now you can speak ref talk. And so that's the only reason I did it. I didn't do it to ever officiate a game. But then I realized that I liked it, and I got to see the game. I had been a player. I started coaching at 18. Well, so- Where you, Where'd you play? Uh, I went to Montgomery Blair uh, High School in Silver Spring, and then I went to Howard University. And so then being a former player and now a coach and now an official, at the time I got to see the game from all three angles. And it made me a better coach because now I understood what the referee's responsibilities were and what they were looking for. And so now when I had a question of the referee, I was speaking from referee term. I'm speaking from the rule book, right? So it's not a coach who's just, looking for a call or nagging about a call, I'm asking you for interpretation on how you saw something because I know how I saw it or how I interpreted from a referee standpoint. Um, And now I add on a fourth layer is being a parent of, of basketball players. I've seen them from all four sides. And let me tell you, being a parent of basketball players is the hardest side of them all. It is. But let me,
0: let, me, let me back you up here. You said you liked refereeing. Isn't this the most thankless job ever? If you, don't, if you do your job perfectly, no one says a word, no one notices you. It, the minute you screw one thing up, everyone's all over you.
2: Yeah, but you got to be able to go next play, right? Just like you would as a player or as a coach, and you tell your kid next play um, because mistakes are going to happen. Your job as an official is to manage the game. Allow the players to play, allow the coaches to cl- coach, and you manage the game, not control the game, not worry about the score, not worry about if there's a an imbalance in fouls called. Manage the game, keep everyone safe, and you call the game within the scope of the rules. And if you do that, you'll be successful. Um, I was fortunate, and I had a a, a pretty good 15-year run. I officiated uh, the 4A. Maryland State Championship for boys a couple years ago down at Comcast. Um, So I took pride in my work. I took pride in studying. I took pride in working on my mechanics and, you know, just trying to be the best official I could. And,
0: again, you had no intention of doing this.
2: I didn't, and it just kind of happened that way. I'm a basketball junkie. Um, My wife now gets on me because –
0: College or pro or both?
2: Both. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like pros because it's more for the entertainment value. Um, but I like I like certain players. So I will watch here, it. Who are your guys? I was a huge Kobe fan. Yeah. Huge, huge Kobe fan. Um, now. Like, MJ? So here's the funny thing about Michael Michael was the greatest of all time. But I didn't grow up a Michael fan because I grew up a Detroit Pistons fan.
0: Oh, so you like Bill Beer and Isaiah I was Lambier, Thomas. Isaiah Dennis Thomas, Rodman. Joe Dumars, yeah. Dennis
2: Rodman. And that was our rival. So I couldn't like Michael. I respected Michael, but I couldn't like him. Um, but I will respect him enough to admit that he is the greatest of all He's time. He's
0: better than LeBron, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. LeBron is in the top five.
0: Right. Well, LeBron's probably the most gifted basketball player ever in terms of, like, total package. I mean, just physical basketball ability. No, I mean rebounding, passing. Uh, they're be- they're better shooters out there than LeBron, obviously. But
2: I think if you say the most gifted basketball player, I I would I'd be willing to have the debate between LeBron and KD. KD, yeah. I think KD at seven feet tall. Can KD defend like LeBron though? Sure. They defend different because of their. Physical strength and size. I mean, Le- Lebron's a freight train. I mean, he's two probably two sixty, yeah. if not more. KD is just he's a slim reaper, um, but he can play long and keep a defender in front of him. A seven foot three point shooter. Exactly, and he's. I mean, he's not going to defend a center, um, but the way that the game has changed, there really isn't back to back big body centers that are you know that you would have to defend at seven feet. Right. Well, we're on a time frame here, and I, I could talk basketball with you for oh,
0: yeah. all, all this stuff. College Howard's got a nice
2: team though, this year. They are. The, they are. Com- they by, are by, doing by the very way, men uh, and women. Yeah, Men's right. And
0: I, I saw them play Mount St. Mary's, and and that that was that was an excellent game. So Howard has a nice squad uh, uh, this year. But um back to the officiating. Are, are are parents worse than coaches, or are coaches worse than parents? Parents are worse
2: than coaches. They are.
0: Yeah, because because everyone's got the golden child, right?
2: They they everyone's got the golden child, and a lot of times. They just don't know what they're saying. Like one of the things that we, as referees, hate when people yell out, "That's over the back." There's no such rule as over the back. It's something that people have said. You hear it on the playground. It's it's not a thing, and but parents hear it and they say it and they hoot and holler for uh, over the back. There is no there's no such call as over the back. So but you officiate long enough. That you develop the ability to completely zone out and not hear the crowd, um, even refereeing here in Frederick County post game. How long did that take, though?
0: You know, it you pro- you pro- your first game, you probably heard everything. I bet. Yeah, you
2: probably. Yeah, I did, and you heard it for the first couple of years, but that's because I was young in age, so in life maturity, I wasn't ready yet. It, it. I don't think it's necessarily partially to how many years you've been doing it but more so to how you've matured as a person um, like you said earlier I want to take your head off but I've got a smile on and my demeanor doesn't say that I want to take your head off as an official I'm never I'm very rarely going to respond to a coach or a fan in a in a harsh manner Have I ever had to throw someone out the gym I was gonna ask you that I have but I do it with a smile on my face and I speak just like I'm speaking now okay you've said enough it's time for you to go. And that's it. And then you find in, that person there. One too many things, they've got to go. If you want this game to continue, they've got to go. Otherwise, we can all go home. How many, how many fans have you tossed? In my 15 years, probably three. Three. Yeah.
0: Um, and what, what happens? What? The school personnel uh, administrators come over and escort the person? Have you had a problem getting a fan out of the gym? No,
2: I've never had a problem. I think one time it was one time I had a f- uh, it was a school game. The other two, they were AAU games, and it wasn't a problem. The only time I <laughs> – and this is a funny story, um, and I won't say the kid, but it was a high school here in Frederick, and it was uh, – so there was a kid. I officiated him for four years, and every time I officiated him, he got a technical. And he just didn't – he just never learned. Um, and if you get a technical from me, you earned it. Because a lot of times, I'll just come and talk to the kid on the side like, hey. I was going to say, how much rope do you give these guys? Yeah, I give them some rope.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll try to coach. The coach in me, the parent in me tries to coach you through it, right? Um, certain things, though, have to be an automatic, right? Profanity? Profanity, to some degree, yes. Now, if the gym is quiet or you say it loud enough where the person on the third row has heard it, I got to get you, right? Some things on the court, some things based on the circumstance, I'll come to you and say, hey, number 12. Watch what you say, right? So this kid for four years, every year he got a tech. Senior night, he walked, he he knows me. I know him. Um, And I said, look, we're gonna have a good night. It's your senior night. I want you to have a good night. Let's have some fun. Let's not have any issues. Um, His coach didn't start him on senior night, which was odd because he had been a two-year varsity starter. Um, So I think that there was some issue there and coach didn't start him on senior night. And he got a tech. Not for me, got a tech from my partner. I think he languaged and slammed the ball. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to him on the side, like, hey, you know, we said we we're going to have a good night, senior night, let's, let's not make this a thing. A um, couple minutes later, he pops off again, gets another tech, he's gone. So now he's sitting on the bench, and I guess he didn't like a call that wasn't made for his team, and he's talking from the bench, and he's looking right at me, and he's talking to me. And I was like, hey, that's enough. Um, you know, I don't want to have to have you leave the gym on senior night. And this kid looks at me and tells so me. you're giving this guy every chance. I've given this kid every yeah, chance. right. He tells me to meet him in the parking lot after the game. Really? No lie, Greg. And all I could do was laugh. All I could do was laugh because I'm like.
0: You're what, 6'4", Coach Murray? I'm 6'3",
2: and today I'm probably like 6'3", 260. Two right. Right? And. I mean, this kid, he's, he's a little kid. He's a point guard. He's a he's small like kid.
0: five nine, 170 pounds.
2: On, on a good day. Yeah. And he's telling me, like, I'll see you in the parking lot after the game. And I just kind of laugh. And his assistant coach Was he going to bite your him.
0: ankles or something like that? or uh... Who knows?
2: And so his assistant coach is sitting there, and he's shocked at what he hears. And so he removes the kid from the bench, and he leaves. And, you know, my partners and I are laughing in the locker room about it afterwards. And I've, I, you know, I've got to do an incident report um, for our signer. Um, and so they're like joking around like what are you gonna do if this kid's in the parking lot? I'm like, I'm gonna get in my car and go home um, But so that's probably the most unruly situation I've ever had with a player as far as having to eject a player
0: Right, but but you'll give coaches rope you'll give players yeah. rope like so so when you tease someone up you you, you you smile at them and just and, and Do the T sign or no,
2: or? I don't smile when I give them a tech because they, I don't want I want them to understand the seriousness of the right. situation. you're not joking around. Right. Um, and if it's gotten to that point, you know, I like that a couple of years ago they, ins- they actually made it a, a rule that we could use a warning, a bench warning. Before there was no warning. There would be people that would say, okay, Ralph, this is your last chance, but by rule there was no warning. So being able to have that bench war- warning um, has helped calm down a lot of situations from being, you know, text. I've still seen some refs go straight to the Tech, and that's, you know, that's their liberty. Um, sometimes I've thought maybe a warning would have been do, better. Do you here.
0: explain this to your partners? Like, I'm going I'm to give these guys some rope? Or, um, yeah, we talk
2: about yeah. that in the pregame because, yeah. you know, refereeing here in the county, you only have 10 high schools. So as you go through a season, you start to see a lot of these coaches multiple times, especially if you're a varsity official. And so you kind of say, hey, like these are some of the t- – I had this team a month ago. This is how the game was played. This is how the, the coaching was. This is, you know, or I had this incident, and you know, I did have to give this coach a technical. Um, but this is what happened, and I don't think we'll have that tonight. But just be aware if you see things kind of getting out of hand, you know, you do this. So what you're saying is, let's have a productive
0: relationship. Absolutely. Here.
2: Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll get some younger or more inexperienced officials that are working, um, and you kind of coaches know that they coaches go at the inexperienced official. They're not going to go at the veteran. Um, because they know that they really can't work about them, but they'll go at the younger ones. Um, so what you do is you you kind of see that and you move your you move your younger one out the way, right? You remove them from that situation and you step in and you kind of have to coach what is what would you like me to look for? right? So that now that official can focus on refing as opposed to thinking like, okay, that coach is asking me for look for three seconds. So now I'm zoned in on looking at this kid in the paint. And I'm counting 1-1,000, one 2-1,000. 1, yeah, they, you, what they
0: say that affects you. Yeah. It does,
2: because now you miss something in your blind side that you should have been looking, and the kid gets clobbered, and you don't know what just happened because you were staring at someone that had nothing to do with the play standing there to paint to see if they were in there for three seconds. Right. Uh, back
0: back to the NBA for a sec. How would you have handled a, a Rashid Rasheed well, – as an official, how, how would you have handled like a Rashid Wallace type, a, a Dennis Rodman, someone that, that likes to mix it up and, and seems to be looking – for, for this to some degree.
2: I loved Rasheed Wallace, 2004 Detroit Pistons NBA champion. Um,
0: yeah, maybe the most nondescript NBA champs ever beat your man Kobe uh, to, to do they it. They did. So, yeah. Kobe,
2: Shaq, Carmelo, Malone, Gary Payton, the Overhill Gang. Um, again, the NBA is more for entertainment value. They allow guys like Dennis and Rasheed to even run our test to a, to a certain extent to to be that way because it brought in people to watch like it was must see tv do you
0: think the league office is telling those guys uh, let them let them go a little yeah, bit? yeah they talk
2: to them let yeah. them go a little bit right. which is which is why they set a number on how many technicals you can get it's before. a pretty high number yeah before you get a suspension it, it's like, like 15 or
0: something like yeah
2: that. it's somewhere between 15 and 20 so it's like if you really wanted to clean it up make the number less and then you start hitting their pockets right right but no you you want to give them some freeway or leeway and then a lot of times guys can appeal and they'll rescind it right so me as an official i'm out there working this game i felt like there was a tech that was needed but now someone's going to go back and watch game film and judge whether or not i was justified in being in that moment of how i should have managed a game Right, so yeah, I think they they want some of that aspect.
0: But but would you as but would you ooh, as an official would you establish that productive relationship with Rashid, saying I'm a ref, I I know you and I know what what you do and stuff like that. What we'll, what we'll, let's work together here. And, yeah, and try, and make, and try And try to make this work with a- de- with Dennis and Rashid and Ron Artest, Would you would you get a dialogue going with those? I guys? would, and the,
2: and it would go along the lines of look, before you feel like you need to act out so that the 15 20,000 people in this arena are just watching you act out let's have a conversation right because I don't think any of those players go off based off of one thing so you feel like you're getting pushed around you feel like someone's playing dirty taking shots at you like if we're missing it make us aware make us aware like talk about it you know um if you can defuse a situation before it becomes a situation, let's defuse a situation.
0: Right. Hand-checking. Uh, glad they took it out of the game, or sh- should it still be part of the game?
2: I think that I think that defensive rules are a little softer today. Yeah. Um, I think you should be able to hand-check a little bit. Again, get it there, remove it. Right? Even when we have our high school like. A stayed hand's a foul. One hand removed is not a foul. Two hands is an automatic. Um, So there are different key factors to it, but yeah, like basketball is a contact sport. If people don't realize it, basketball is a contact sport. So you gotta allow some contact. Right. Uh,
0: again, we could talk about the, all this. We could have like a three-hour podcast oh, yeah. uh, going just, just, just on this kind of stuff alone. But let, let, let's get back to your team before I have to let you go here because I know you have a game tonight against uh, Clarksburg, and that will be a good challenge for you because yes. you said they have a, a Division One player. Yeah, on their Riley team. Nelson.
2: She's a uh, class of 2023 20, commit to University of Maryland.
0: Right. If you watch the previous Frederick High teams play, you know they play defense. If you watch your team play, like I, like I did Tuesday night, y- you know you play defense. I mean, that, that, that is sort of the backbone of your team.
2: That is our staple. It's a rule within our, within our team. Uh, we play defense first, second, and third. Um, people say, well, what offense do you run? Our offense is defense. Uh, because if we prevent the other team from scoring, um, we're going to get steals, we're going to get rebounds, and then we got to push and transition, play fast, play quick, score, and then let's get back on defense. Um, We want to we have a not giving away too many trade secrets, but we have a thing within our within our team. If the other team scores, we want to get the ball out the net and try to score within four seconds. And then we're right back on defense, Uh, because a lot of if we're playing as the paper described um, after our Walkersville game, they described our defense as stingy. If we're playing stingy defense, we're rarely going to give up points. So teams are going to almost celebrate when they score, right? So you've got to use that to get that one second that they take to celebrate the basket. Let's get the ball out the net. Let's get down. Let's get that point right back. Now we've evened it back out, and now we're back to playing defense.
0: And that's where having a player like Sydney Husky is beautiful because right. she goes right down the floor – sticks her nose right in there, goes up and get, gets fouled or, 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 or makes a layup. Like, she's the key to your offense.
2: Yeah, you know, she is the ex- – Or, or, or one, one of them. One I, don't of them mean
0: yeah. to, I don't mean to knock your other no, players. No, I,
2: yeah. I, I mean, as the, again, as the point guard who has that motor um, to the engine, she is she very much gets us in what we want to do. Um, we've got phenomenal wing players that are ready to catch and attack, catch and shoot. Brianna Pfeiffer is an amazing shooter. Um, so Sydney is learning as a, as a sophomore – of when to attack to score and when to attack to set the table. right? Attack, draw the defense, and you know that your other teammates are running hard, and they're in position for you to kick it out and score. And you kind of saw that last night. I think Brianna had three threes, um, and a lot of them were off of penetration and kick or skip passes where we drew the defense, um, and she was able to be open. Same thing with Jacoy. We had a number of girls that actually were able to catch the ball off of third, fourth, fifth passes um, off of an attack and then score.
0: And, and the thing I loved about watching you play defense uh, against Tuscarora was you guys didn't foul at all. So you were able to play press defense with high intensity, but you weren't fouling.
2: Yeah, we, d- we don't have the luxury of uh, a lot of bodies. So we yeah, can't, you, you can't get people in foul trouble. We can't get in foul trouble. Um, so we got to play hands off. They're, like We were just talking about the hand check. You got to play hands off. You got to play good rotation. We t- – we work on help side rotation every day. We work on how we're going to defend screens and pick and rolls and dribble handoff hand off every day. Like, our two hour practice each day, I would say 45 minutes to an hour is dedicated to our defensive schemes. Um, whether it's man, whether it's zone, whether it's matchup, whether it's full court, whether it's three quarter court, we, we spend a lot of time working on deep. There are days where we'll go through practice and we didn't even touch our offense. We we're working on skill development. We we're working on positional breakdowns. We we're working on defense, um, and we never we never touched offense. Um, so you know, defense is definitely a staple, and playing defense without fouling is key.
0: All right, Coach Murray, you you, you got to go because the bus might pull away without you, uh, uh, the the Clarksburg. But but real fast before I let you go, mm-hmm. uh, what are your expectations uh, for for this uh, small but mighty team that you have?
2: To keep winning our next game. Right. If you keep winning your next game, eventually you're going to get to the last game of the season, um, and you win that one, and then you know you've accomplished your ultimate goal for that year. Um, you know, people ask me, I get the question all the time. Uh, Do you guys think you'll win states? I have no idea, honestly. You're i are not even looking at that. Yeah. I'm not, like, because to win states, it's more than it's more than just being the best in your county. Um, and from what I've been told, there are a lot of people that don't think that we are the best in the county this year, anyway. And so I haven't looked at other 3A teams around the state, so I have no idea who's doing what. You know, this is week two. We're playing our third game tonight. We, our second game got postponed. Um, I honestly have no idea who else around the, around the state um, is competing at the level to try to, to try to go.
0: You'll worry about states in February and, yeah. and, and March and stuff. Yeah, let's
2: get through the first half of the schedule where we've played all of our division opponents once and see mm-hmm. where we are at the, uh, at the uh, midseason mark. Like I tell my girls, like we just had this conversation on Monday in practice, um, I'm not expecting you to look your best right now in December. If you peaked right now, I would have nothing to be able to teach you the rest of the way. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to plateau. So we are still very much on the upward climb. We're at the bottom of the hill, um, trying to get to trying to get to the top.
0: You guys have a tournament or two for the holidays that you're yeah playing, we're playing or? in a
2: tournament out in um, in Baltimore County. It's the six ninety five Holiday Hoops Girls Tournament. Um, I believe our one of our opponents is Paint Branch High School in Montgomery County, um, and I forget who the other opponent is for. So we've got two out of county. Good quality opponents to play for the holiday tournament. We'll also be hosting a boys and girls JV tournament um, at our place the the week after Christmas on Monday and Tuesday. Those games will play, and we'll play on Wednesday and Thursday. All right. Do
0: you ride officials as a coach? No.
2: You don't? You
0: don't? You're you're nice to those guys?
2: Absolutely. Those are my friends. Uh, Those are my former brothers in stripes. I would never ride them. And I'm sure if any of them heard this podcast, they. Um, they probably would disagree. But, no, I, I don't ride them. Um, you ever been teed up yet? Me, no. I did have w- an assistant coach last year get a tech um, who was also a former official. Um, will, but will you be teed up? No. You won't? If, I'm, if I get a tech this year, um, I didn't earn it. Okay. I always, have I ever gotten a tech in my 23 years of coaching? Yes, I've gotten five.
0: Um, a- after you became an official? I bet you, But I bet you gained an appreciation for it once, once you became an official.
2: I would probably say three were after I became an official. Um, and I would De- say. Deserved or no? I earned two of them. Two, two of them. And I okay. knew I was going to get it. Right. And I went to get them. And, you know. To fire your team up or
0: something? Or? Yes.
2: Well, one was the. Yes. They were twofold. One, to fire the team up. But two, to kind of prove the point to the official that I'm not afraid to get a technical. But I need you to officiate this game they were more so to protect my players. Um, a lot of times when you're playing AAU uh, tournaments, referees are doing you know anywhere from eight to 10 to 12 games a day. So they're just, it's kind of like a money grab. Um, so you're not really focused on protecting the players versus high school games, it, it, you, they take it more seriously. Right. Um, and so sometimes I gotta remind you like, I need you to re- protect my players um, and not worry about the money that you're making Doing right.
0: this game, yeah. Plus, you wanted to rile up the fifteen thousand in, in in the stands exactly. too, right? So we're trying to get the house back. So yes, <laughs> if you're hearing this out there,
2: community, Frederick, like come out support the girls. It is, it's a fun brand of basketball, um, you know. And and I'll, I'll I'll end with that is a big thing for my staff and I is that we wanted to bring the fun back. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids today just have dealt with so much in the last year and a half with COVID. They lost a lot of fun activities in life. Um, even in the COVID year that we had, we did so many weeks of just return to play without actual games and having to have masks on and having to be socially distant and can only have 15 kids in a gym. And JV and varsity never interacted. You can't really build a program that way. Um, having to check in every day with your COVID screening questions, it, it was such a chore. Um, and it affected so many of these kids, boys and girls alike, both mentally and emotionally, and so we're trying to bring the fun back to basketball. Um, and I think part of that fun will be packing the stands because they didn't have fans la- fans last year. Their fans were watching on YouTube. Um, so let's, let 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 fans come back out. Let's support, show love to these girls, show love to these boys, and let's bring the fun back to the game.
0: All right, I hear that bus warming up, and the and the and the engine is starting to rev. And then the players are like, "Where's Coach Murray?" So. Tony Murray, thank you for coming in. Uh, Head coach of the Frederick High Girls basketball team. And thank you all for listening. As we head into a holiday week here, we'll be back with another episode. My thanks to John Cannon for coming in earlier, to Graham Cullen. And uh, we appreciate it, folks. Uh, Tune in next week for another episode of the Final Score podcast. Have a good week, everyone.